You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. You know, if you're somebody who wants to make a significant impact in this world, maybe, maybe you're a student and you're thinking about your future, you want to make an impact, maybe you're a young professional, but you don't exactly know what you should do. And maybe even in your past, you have something that's um, a huge regret, and you wonder if you're too scarred, too dirty, too broken to be used. Then today's topic is for you. Uh, so maybe you're a parent, or you're a father. So you're a dad, and you've heard you need to be the spiritual leader of the house, and you have no idea what that looks like. Well, getting your kids engaged in ministry is a huge step. Today, dads, today's topic is for you. Maybe you're a person who's been coming to Grace, and you've benefited from Grace Church, you've grown in the Bible, you sense God moving, and you're, you're looking around, and you're like, there's a lot of people working really hard to serve me, you're thinking, and you're like, it's about time for me to step up and do something too, but you don't know where to serve. Today's topic is for you. Maybe you're a Grace Group leader, and so you lead in our Grace Kids, or Grace Students, or Grace Adults. And you know as a grace group leader that that everybody in your group, you've got to get serving in ministry or they, their spiritual growth will be stunted. They'll be limited if they're not serving. And so you're trying to crack the code. Like how do you get everybody in your group serving in ministry or missions? Well, today's topic is for you. Or what if you're that person? You, You go to church, you go home. You go to church, you go home. You go to church you go home. Is this all their church? That church is all about or Christianity? No, your Christianity is weird, my friend. You don't experience God's power in your life. Today's topic is for you. Today we're going to talk about discovering our spiritual gifts. Discovering our spiritual gifts that unlock the power of God in people's lives. And we've been praying like crazy for you. So let's pray. Lord, we do come to you and we pray that you would have. Um, your incredible way in our hearts. We open ourselves up to you. Jesus, the moment you died and rose, we lost all rights to our lives and our calendars and our money and our relationships and our bodies and our future. It's all yours. So we pray you'd speak to us, Jesus. Move by the Holy Spirit. Help us to discover what our spiritual gifts are or use the spiritual gifts we know we have or help others Engage with their spiritual gifts so that people could be changed. The world can be changed. And those people who don't have spiritual gifts yet because they don't have Jesus yet, may today be the day they surrender their life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 today, if you want to turn with me in all of our locations. Whether you're in the auditorium at Aletha, you can raise your hand, auditorium in Overland Park, raise your hand, or in the venue Overland Park, our ushers will get you a Bible to borrow or keep. So, what are the spiritual gifts? Okay, there are some 20 to 25 different keys found in the New Testament, spiritual gifts that unlock the power of God. You find them in four key chapters in the New Testament, the fours and the twelves. Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. And so there are 25 different spiritual gifts, depending on how you count them. You don't get all of them. The day you receive Christ, 
You're given your own cluster, your handful of spiritual gifts. God has entrusted you with the power to change people's lives. He's entrusted you. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? Do you know what spiritual gifts God has entrusted you with? Because it's the key to unlocking the power of God in people's lives. How do you discover what your spiritual gifts are to figure out what these keys go to? Well, one of the ways you can use is you can go to gracesurvey.com. Write it down, gracesurvey.com. There's an active survey right now. You can take the test, get your results, gracesurvey.com. That's a helpful tool. But what if I told you that in the Bible, there were three ways, right in Ephesians 4, that, that you'll automatically discover what your spiritual gifts are. You'll automatically discover it if you follow the normal path of the Christian life. You'll discover those things. Three action steps you can take today. Let me give you the backstory to Ephesians. So Ephesians was written by a church planter, Paul, who planted the church at Ephesus, pastored it, left there to plant more churches, and had heard good things about the church. So he sits down and he writes a letter to the church at Ephesus. Man, you guys are doing awesome in this and I'm praying for these things for you in this area. But you got to go further. you got to go deeper with Christ. In chapter 4, he talks about the gift of the church. The gift of church leaders to the church. And it says the church leaders aren't here. Church staffs are not there to do the work of the ministry. They're here to equip you. So you as body parts in the body do the work of the ministry. And that's where we find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. Paul picks it up with this concept of grace. He says, Ephesians 4, verse 7, but to each one of us, grace, which means undeserved, undeserved gifts, was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. See, our gifts are not based on how good we are. We're like, man, I don't know if I'm good enough to have gifts or good enough to have spiritual gifts. They're not based on your goodness. They're based on God being good. That's what grace is. He's good. That's why we have gifts. Not that we are good. He goes on, talks about when we received all these types of gifts was at the ascension of Jesus, 40 days after he resurrected, verse 8. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, that's 40 days after the resurrection, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. That is a quote from Psalm 68, 18. You say, what gifts did Jesus give? I mean, Jesus was doling out the gifts as he ascended. I'm telling you, he doled out salvation, forgiveness, the Holy Spirit, adoption, a joint inheritance, direction, joy in our trials, the leadership of our church, and your spiritual gifts. But when you receive them, you don't know what you have. Of course you don't know yet. There are some action steps to take. Three steps we can take today. If you're taking notes, here's the first one. Would you like to know what God has entrusted you with? How you figure out the power of God for your life? Here's the first step you could take. Number one, by serving. Number one, by serving. We discover our spiritual gifts by serving. One of the best ways we discover our spiritual gifts is by actually kind of just experimenting. We get these keys. We don't know what they go to. You just got to kind of try them out in ministries. Here's a picture, by the way, a wall of locked mailboxes. This is kind of how the spiritual gifts are. So you have this wall locked mailboxes right here. There's labels here, like you have labels in the Bible. The spiritual gift of faith, encouragement, teaching, administration, leadership. And you get these keys. If you get a keys, but they're not labeled, what do you do? You just start trying them out. Okay, I wonder, does this work? Nope. 
What about this one? Does, does this one work? This is you're trying out this ministry. Well, I'll try this role in this ministry. I'll try a different role in this ministry. You have to experiment a little bit. And it's kind of frustrating sometimes, but you don't give up after the first try or, or the first key. You try it, and finally you try it, like, God's power is unleashed in people. He has entrusted you with the power of God. That's how you find out your spiritual gifts. In fact, here's a picture of, uh, actually, here are my keys here at Grace. They're right here. Which pocket? Okay, so I go around the building sometimes, and I'll see a locked door. And I, I got several keys right here. And I'll try a key. Okay, that's not the right one. Oh, this is great. I'll try another key. That's not the right one. Can a brother get a key to get in this building? I'll go, but I keep trying until I find the key or call facilities. One of the two. I guess that's what called prayer is, right? Ephesians 4, verse 11, he talks about this. Here's the spiritual gifts given to the church, four roles for church leaders to equip us and train us. Verse 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles. Those are your entrepreneurs in the church, missionaries, founders, church planters, some prophets. They're your preachers, your proclaimers, some evangelists, your good news bringers, people who actually are gifted really bringing people into the kingdom of God. And then the third, the last one, the fourth one, the word and is not there in Greek. And some pastors and teachers, or really in Greek, it's just pastor teachers, those shepherding, teaching the church, those spiritual gifts, those leaders are given to the church as gifts, not to do the work for us, but to lead us, equip us to serve. We're hands. And some of us, we don't serve in ministry. We come, we leave, we come, we leave. We're like hands in a sling. Eventually, you're like, my hand is starting to get shriveled. Duh. It's in a sling. Pull that hand out. Get that hand doing hand kind of things. That's how you're designed. Of course, your Christianity is boring. Look what he goes on to say. Verse 11 or verse 12. For the equipping of the saints. That's what church leaders do. They equip you to do the work of the ministry. Not to come just and attend, but equipped to do the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Are you right now doing the work of the ministry? Using your gifts. To unlock God's power in other people's lives. You see, we're here. You might have the gift of faith. That's a spiritual gift. Or mercy. Or teaching. Or encouragement. Or supporting. Helping somebody else. Or gifted administrators. A spiritual gift. Or leadership. Or giving. The list goes on and on. Here's the question. Are you doing the work of the ministry? Unlocking God's power in people's lives. We have a ministry fair at both of our campuses this weekend, Olathe and Overland Park, out in the lobby. All the ministries have gathered. There's banners there. There's swag. There's free stuff, food. But there's a chance for you to actually experiment ministry. Here's a picture, by the way, of our ministry fair. There you go. You're going to go out there and find a bunch of locked boxes. You just got to say, "Come with." I don't know which key I got. <laughs> and they got to be cool with you trying out their ministry and trying this role, that role, and leaving and saying, okay, because you don't want an ear of the body of Christ being like an, a mouth. You put food in your ear canal, that's gross, and now you can't hear. So you want to be able to have ears do ear things, mouth do mouth things. Here's the action step for you. Experiment. I'm cha- challenging you to do an experiment in ministries. Experiment. In ministries. That means you go visit and you call it experiment. I'm not committing long term, but I'm an experiment. I'm going to try this ministry. I'm going to try this rule. Not a good fit. Try this ministry, this role for a little bit. Not a good fit. I'll try this ministry. There's a 
God's power. You know it. I mean, you see God's power. You're energized by it. Others are drawn closer to God. You can't live without it. That's how you discover your spiritual gift, step one. You actually do the work, Paul says, of the ministry. You got to experiment. Number two, how do you figure out what your spiritual gifts are? Which key goes to which box here? Number two, by growing. You discover which keys you have, not just by, by doing, but also by growing spiritually. There's a certain step we'll talk about that you cannot grow without it. It's no overstatement to say that if you don't grow spiritually, you'll never know what your spiritual gifts are. No grow, no, no. That's good stuff. You got to write that baby down. No grow. No, no. You won't know what your spiritual gifts are. God gives everybody natural gifts. So we're given natural gifts at the moment of birth. Everybody in the world, whether you have Jesus or not, gets those gifts. Those kids didn't earn them. They didn't work for them. They're just given them because God is good. Not they're good. God is good. And you get that. It's connected to your physical birth. It operates in the physical realm. If you receive Christ, you also get these spiritual gifts. It's not because you're good, it's because he's good. He wants to use you. You have no idea what they are. They operate in the spiritual realm. People are changed spiritually with your spiritual gifts. Let's go back to the natural gift example. When Jacob was a baby, here's a picture of him. I dropped him off at OU. He has not changed in many years. Looks just the same. But guess what? We had no idea what natural gifts he had because he hadn't grown up yet. He was still a baby. I had no idea dude could dance as well as he can dance. Seriously. I was one of those dance monitors, parent yahoo standing and I'm like, dude can dance. Obviously skipped a generation, wish I got it. But that was a natural gift he got that he didn't earn. It was a natural gift, but we did not know until he grew. He could no longer be a baby. Here's my daughter Karina as a baby. She's very cute. Guess what? As a baby, we had no idea until she grew that she had it. She's got it. Whatever it is, when you're on stage, you're in a group, it's the power to compel. Have the group with you. I mean, it matter if she's a big, big line. She's got it. That's a natural gift. She didn't earn. She didn't work for. God just graciously just gave it to her. But when she was a baby, we didn't know. No grow. No, no. Here's my daughter Malin as a baby. We had no idea. That she had a natural gift of observation. She is freakishly observant, and she's three. So she'll, go, she'll read a room better than most adults I know. She'll do something, and she'll look at every countenance. I'm serious. She reads the room. Shocking, observant. We're driving down the road, going to a different direction by somebody's house. So-and-so's house. What? This is the wrong direction from a different angle. She's freakishly observant. She didn't earn that. It was just given to her because God is good. Not because she is good. God is good. We didn't know it until she grew. And here's the deal. You have spiritual gifts. If you don't grow spiritually, you'll stay a baby spirit. You can be 80 years old and still be an infant spiritually. Be 40 years old, be an infant. Be 25 years old, be an infant. 13 years old, be an infant. Because your physical age is different than your spiritual maturity. How do you grow? Paul talks about that now, verse 13, 14, and 15. It's all about growth. Ephesians 4, verse 13, he talks growth, growth, growth. He says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, 
Okay, the word perfect. There's some words in the Bible that don't mean today what they did in the Bible. The word perfect never means sinless. The word perfect means complete or made whole. That's what spiritual growth does to you. It makes you complete. It makes you whole. Until you grow to a complete person, a perfect person, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we in the church should no longer be children, 80-year-old man. No longer children, 45-year-old woman. No longer children, 22-year-old woman. No longer children, 13-year-old boy. No longer children. It's your spiritual age. How do you do that? Tossed to and fro, he says, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. He says, when you're a spiritual child, you're more easily deceived. How do you grow? Verse 15 says how you grow. You can't grow without this. He says, but... Speaking the truth in love. There it is. May grow up. There's no way around it. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. How do you grow? Well, speaking the truth, motivated by love. Then you may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Okay, so if we got these spiritual gifts, we can't know what they are till we grow spiritually. We've got to do to influence other people along the way. That leads to our second action step you can take today to start discovering your spiritual gifts. It's this. It's help others follow. Help, helping others follow. That's speaking the truth in love. Um, you know, it might be as simple as helping somebody start attending church on the weekend on a regular basis. That, that's speaking the truth in love. There was a guy years ago I led, led to Christ, and dude would sleep in and miss church, and I'd call him, I'd remind him the night before, and he went, oh man, I just sleep. So I, I said, well, hey, well, I'm, I'll swing by, I'll pick you up each week, we'll sit together. I knew if I came by and knocked on the door, dude would have to get out of bed and come and show up and get a new pattern and, and those. I said, I'll buy you donuts. He said, man, this is kind of way out of your way. I said, nah, it's not a problem, man. It's kind of on my way. And guess what? What was I doing? I was speaking the truth in love. I got became a pastor later on because I was picking up every week. Sit by me, pick up every week, feed him donuts, pick up every week, feed him donuts every And guess what happened? I grew. But speaking the truth in love, you grow up. When you're involved in ministry or you lead a ministry, when you ask someone to experiment with your ministry, hey, just come check it out. Man, this, this can change a child's life. That act of inviting somebody helps you grow up. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. I've had a lot of conversations with, with guys uh, in the business sector, corporate sector recently. And it's, all, it's some of a similar kind of theme for a variety of directions and different details. But it's kind of like, hey, I lead in the corporate sector. I lead strategies. I lead plans. I lead teams. I don't lead spiritually at home. And I'm not sure exactly how to do it. And so I say, hey, no problem. Here's what you do. First of all, what is God trying to do in you first? Figure that out. Spiritual leaders is looking inside. What is God trying to change me? Because let me, let me apologize to every wife in the world on behalf of every husband. Ladies, I am so sorry. Guys are really good at one thing, knowing how you need to grow. We really do. We can see it. We point it out. It's crystal clear. 
here's our problem. I apologize to you because we're less good at seeing how we need to grow. I was talking to a guy saying, well, my wife this, my wife that. I said, dude, that is your leadership problem. Seriously, you're saying your problem, your fault, your fault. I don't want to hear it. You need to grow. Own it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm right. Own it. Once you figure that out, then you own up to your family. You know, I think God's trying to grow me in this. And you know what? I'm going to beat myself up or whatever, but that's, I think God is trying to grow me in this. Once you have that conversation, you say, I think God is trying to grow us in this. Can we take this one step? That's spiritual leadership. Own it. I. Own it. We. Hey, let's take this one little step together. If guys do that, by the way, guess what's happening? They're growing. They speak the truth in love, and they may grow up. And they got a shot at discovering what their spiritual gifts are. Because you discover that, by the way, number one, by serving, by actually experimenting in ministries. Not a good fit, not a good fit, not a, that's awesome. You discover it by growing spiritually, by influencing others. Hey, dude, you come into Mark, dude, this is going on, dude, this is going on. Hey, can you, you actually influence others. And there's a third way you can discover your spiritual gifts. Number three, by listening. Number three, by listening. There's power in listening. There's power in actually affirming people's gifts. I've got a great example. It's a one-minute video clip. This happened from 2009. There's a lady on Britain's Got Talent. I want you to watch, though, at her face. At the end of the video, would you watch her face when she hears words of encouragement spoken to her? When they told her, you have this gift. Look what it did to her when she listened to somebody else. Take a look. My name is Susan Boyle. Okay, uh, Susan, and where are you from? I am from Blackburn near Bathgate, West Lothian. It's a big town. It's a sort of collection of, it's a collection of uh, villages. I dreamed a dream in time gone by. Okay, moment of truth. Here's yes or no. The biggest yes I have ever given anybody. Amanda? Yes, definitely. Susan Boyle, you can go back to the village with your head held high. It's three yeses. That is such a feel-good clip. I smile, I laugh, I celebrate. That's amazing because, you know, you know, Susan Boyle's mom has always told her, you have an amazing gift. And her best friend have told her you have an amazing gift. But this is why American Idol is funny because they're really bad singers. That their mom's always told them you have a gift. Their best friend's always told them you have a gift. And so she's out there with other people with no vested interest. And they say to her, you've got the gift. You find your spiritual gift by listening. See, we're compared to a body. You know body parts talk to each other. I woke up last night. My back was barking at me, threatening to lock up. 
and my whole body wasn't blowing off my back. I was like, okay, yeah, we're all going to pay attention now. We'd really like to be not paralyzed here on the ground today. That would be awesome. Body parts, don't miss this, body parts talk together. We in the church body have the power to encourage people's spiritual gifts. I think you have this. You find it by listening to others, affirming. Have their Susan Boyle moment. Here's what it says in the Bible, Ephesians 4.16, compares this to a body. From whom the whole body, that's the whole church, us, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. What is a joint in the body? A connection between two parts. What's a joint in the church? A relationship. Every relationship, every connection point, listening, strengthens the body. According to the effect of working, by which every part, that means you and me, every part does its share. Body works well when every part does what it's supposed to be doing. Are you doing your share right now, Grace Church? Every part does its share. And if you do that, by the way, it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Guys, here's a picture of the first ministry I was at in Kansas City. Um, I'm not sure if this is the house. It would, if it's not, it's just like it. Uh, this is kind of Midtown area. This is called a group home back in the day. Group homes were places where between the juvenile detention center, the lockup facility, and reintegration into the real world, uh, students would be there for a time. And there'd be like 10 to 15 different, anywhere from 10 to 17-year-old boys were there. And there was a ministry going on. Every week, people would go down. They would play games with them, eat food with them, teach a Bible lesson, help with homework, whatever the case would be. And I got involved in that ministry because I listened. Now, I never listened to a pastor's announcement from the podium. I don't think that would have got me to go. I never listened because there was a check-the-box thing on a connect card. I'm not sure a 19-year-old man would do that. Let's, pray, let's face it. Young men are a lot like cats. They're like herding cats. Good luck with that. There's a guy named Mark who came up to me and he personally sat there. He met me in church, sat in church one day in worship, and he personally invited me. I got involved. Ministry leaders, people who are serving in ministry, you feel like I don't have enough people in my ministry? Listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is gold. Mark looked across the seat and said, hey, are you serving ministry? No, I, I don't really do it. He goes, hey, would you just try it? Try it once. Come down to this group home. Why would I do that? And then with passion and on the verge of tears, cast the vision to me. He said, Tim, these kids, they, have, they come from really hard areas, from this to that. We, go, we are the highlight of their week. We play games. We, you build these relationships. You, uh, they come to Christ. They grow spiritually. I'm telling you, you can change these kids' lives. That speech got my attention. His passion got my attention. I got involved in ministry. Don't miss this. Because I listened to a personal invitation from somebody already involved, passionately, almost a verge of tears, casting the vision. I went down there, I listened. Then I was there for several weeks. I, I can play games, learn their names. It was fun, eat the food. And then they said, hey, you got to do the Bible devotion coming up. I'm not doing a Bible devotion. You crazy? I don't know enough. I'm not trained. I don't know what to say. What are you talking? No, no, I'm good. Me good. No, you can do it. I'll just teach you how to do it. Fine. I, I, I took my, what did it, what's going on? I have my keys, right? I'm shaking. Do I have the spiritual gift of teaching? I have no idea. So I experimented. I was terrified and I taught. And both the kids' response 
and the teammates. The teammates were like, dude, where'd that come from? And I was like, I'm as surprised as you are. But what happened? I listened again. And they affirmed one of my spiritual gifts. How do you learn your spiritual gifts? You learn by listening. Here's the action step you can take, by the way. The action, ask the spiritually mature. Now, you actually have done an experiment. You go up to somebody and you've never served, you've never experimented. You can't ask that question because they'll say, hey, what am I gifted at? And they'll just tell you, I don't know. You need to start experimenting. You've got to try something first. But once you try something, the people you're working with, then you can actually sit with them and say, or just grab them after a ministry. Hey, what do you think I'm good at? What are my spiritual gifts? Well, after experimenting in ministry with you, I think you might have this gift and this gift and this gift. Do I have that gift? No, dude. You don't have that gift. But don't worry about it. You can unlock the power of God with your own set of gifts. God has entrusted you with the power to change people's lives. How do we discover? God hands us our spiritual gifts. Wouldn't it be horrible? Someday God gives you spiritual gifts. He gives you the power to change people's lives. So you stuff in your pocket and start attending church infrequently. Oh, when your schedule permits, you know. You don't have to wash your hair. So then you're kind of doing this. Nothing else better comes up. And you get to heaven someday. Like He goes, what What'd you do? I gave you the power to change lives. Oh, you mean this? I always wondered what these were. Here you go. I mean, you have the God has entrusted you with the power to change lives. How do you discover what your gifts are? You start experimenting in ministries and in different roles in ministries. This role, that ministry, that role. You grow, which means you've got to help others follow. You have to invite people to church or your group or encourage them or sit with them, encourage them, counsel them, strengthen them, teach them. You've got to help others grow to grow spiritually so you can grow. Otherwise, you won't just stay an infant. How do you find those? You listen to the spiritually mature after you serve with them. Can you hear that? I can hear it. I can hear the reasons why this won't work for your life right now. You're too busy. Can you hear it in your head? I hear what you're saying. I don't have time. My grace group doesn't have time. My family doesn't have time. You know how many leagues we're in right now? It's crazy. I get it. I have two thoughts for you. Might mark these down. Number one, yes, you do. Of course you do. How do I know you have time? Time is a weird resource. We all have different amounts of money. Different amounts of giftings. Not time. Everybody gets the same amount of time. Nobody gets more or less. If you show me your calendar, I promise I can find the time. Because your calendar shows what's really important to you. It's already there. You have the time. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You have the time. Now, idea number two. But I'm really limited in my time. I want to make it work. Then be smart about it. My second thought, be smart about it. Kill two birds with one stone or three birds with one stone. How do you do that? You're already going to worship at Olathe and Overland Park in one of the services. Why don't you kill two birds with one stone? Worship in one, serve in the other. Boom! Be smart about it. Kill two birds with one stone. You're already going to drop your kids off for student ministries. Why don't you drop them off and serve? Boom! Kill two birds with one stone. Hey, three birds with one stone is even better. You worship in one. And you serve with your kids in the other service. Boom, boom, boom. Done. You actually serve. You engage your kids, dads. One of the greatest ways you're a disciple is just getting your kids to serve in ministry so they don't grow up spiritually selfish, thinking church is for them. 
It is not for them. It's for them to grow and for others. That's how dads can disciple their kids. Guys, it is time. Wouldn't it be horrible to arrive at heaven someday and go like, here you go. I still don't even know why you made me. It'd be horrible. But listen to this. You could rise to heaven someday and say, listen, you use this spiritual gift to change this person, that person. They were changed. They were different. This changes people's lives. It's what we want for you. There is nothing like it. Nothing like it. Come on. Let's pray. God, I love you. We love you. You bought everything we are, everything we have, the moment you went to the cross and rose again. When you ascended, gave us everything. We thank you for that. And God, I pray right now. I pray you'd work in people's lives. You have given people the power to change people's lives. You've entrusted us with our own spiritual gifts that work in the spiritual realm that we did not earn or work for. It's just because you're good. God, you want, us to, you want to use us. And Lord, I pray you would fight right now by your Holy Spirit against the excuse-making going on in all of our souls. I don't have time. My kids don't have time. My group doesn't have time. If we don't grow, we don't serve, we don't grow. We need it to grow. We need it to see other people's lives change. God, use this weekend both in Olathe and Overland Park to have people start experimenting in ministry and find who you made them to be spiritually. If somebody doesn't know Christ, they don't have any spiritual gifts yet, but you're ready to unleash your power if they surrender to you. We're going to keep our heads bowed for a few moments. You know, maybe you're out there and say, yeah, I want these spiritual gifts, but I don't really even know what it means to be a Jesus follower. I want to give us all an opportunity to surrender our hearts to Jesus and give him our life if we've not done so already. It says in Romans, for the wages of sin is death. See, our sin All of us have sinned. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death. Meaning separation from God forever. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. It's not your works. It's not your social status. It's not your money that gets you to heaven. It's the gift of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The only way that we can live in eternity praising the Lord forever, the only way that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us that empowers us to do the work, to have the hope of Jesus means that we got to believe in Him and surrender our lives and believe that Jesus not only died, but He rose again. And so I'm going to ask you, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you accepted the gift of salvation and asked God to save you? I'm going to give us an opportunity. If you've not done that, I'm just going to pray. And I want you to just, you know, you can just pray this prayer with me or something very similar and ask Jesus to come into your life right now. Dear Jesus, I don't even know how to articulate it clearly but I know that I have sin. I know that I've messed up. 
And Jesus, I'm tired of trying to do this thing on my own. I'm, trying to, I'm tired of trying to earn my way to heaven. And so I surrender my life to you. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again. You conquered sin. You conquered death so I can live. I commit my life to you. Your heads are bowed. If you prayed that, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. just want to celebrate with you. Just raise it high. Just raise your hand high. Okay? I see one. Who else? Anyone else? Just raise it high so I can see you. Awesome. Two. Praise Jesus. Anyone else? It's incredible. Now I'm going to ask those who have made a commitment to follow Jesus. Actually, as your heads are bowed, I don't want to run past that moment. You know that someone just gave life to Jesus. That's just amazing. And I want to tell you this. That when service is over, the next step is just tell an usher on your way out and they'll give you a gift. And it, all you got to say, even if you didn't raise your hand, say, I follow Jesus today. They'll give you a gift. They won't hoop and holler. They'll just go and give you a gift to help you on your journey. As your heads are bowed. If you're in here and you know what? You've accepted Jesus as Savior and you have the Spirit inside of you. And you know your spiritual gifts even, but you've just been kind of complacent. You've been kind of selfish or you've been scared even. And you say, you know what? I'm not, I don't want to live in that place anymore. I'm going to commit today to use my spiritual gifts for the kingdom of God and I'm going to serve my local body of Christ with them. If you're going to commit to do that, I want you to raise your hand. Heads are bowed. Raise your hand and say, I'm going to commit to do that. I haven't, but I'm going to. I see you, I see you, I see you, I you, you, you. More hands than I can count. That's awesome. Don't let this be a flash of emotion. But as a proclamation, as a declaration, you know what? I am going to use the gifts that the Lord has given me to disciple others. God, we love you. We celebrate you and we thank you for what you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.